Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Well, good evening, everybody, and welcome to Charlton Live, sponsored by the British Institute of Kitchen, Bedroom and Bathroom Installation. This is the Big Match Preview. My name is Louis Mendez, and on this week's show, we'll be looking back at an emphatic win uh, over Exeter City uh, in midweek, and of course, ahead to Saturday's home game with Blackpool. Joining me uh, to talk about those two games, first up, top right, Joe Puddyfoot. Hey, Dan Joe. Yeah, good. Thank you very much. Um, I, I mean, I needed a couple cup of chamomile, didn't I, to calm down from the nil-nil. So uh, I've, I've pretty much been injecting it this, this the last couple of days to get myself back on the straight and narrow. So good, good week so Are far. You bathing in chamomile tea after a four-one victory, it's like gushing out of his every orifice. Uh, and also joining us bottom of the screen there. I don't know if he's got anything gushing out of him uh, this evening. Lewis Cat, how you doing, Lou? Not at the moment, mate, but if we win again Saturday, you never know. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm good, mate. Thank you. I'm all good. I'm still, uh, yeah, very happy after Tuesday night. I thought it was yeah. a good performance. So, yeah, can't complain. Yeah, 4-1 win against Exeter has put a smile on all of our faces. So, we'll look back at that game. We're going to hear the goals uh, shortly. We're going to hear from Mickey Apples uh, and uh, the man who got a brace, Alfie May, uh, from that game. Uh, we'll look ahead to Blackpool as well. Hopefully, we're going to have uh, Tom uh, from the It's Not Orange podcast to tell us a little bit. Uh, about the Seasiders, um, and, and uh, we want to hear from you guys as well ahead of the game. There's loads of people uh, in the chat already. Evening to all hell, uh, let loose to Andrew, uh, to Paul, who's listening from the Bromley Addicts meeting live at uh, the Legion in Petswood, and uh, everyone else. There's loads of people in the chat already, so good to see uh, all of you. Let us know what you made uh, of Tuesday evening's uh, performance. Uh, does it change how you feel about the side? Uh, was it the all-round performance you're hoping to see? Uh, loads to talk about. Um, and yeah, let us know if there's any changes you want to see for Blackpool uh, as well. Before we hear the goals, Joe, um, we'll delve into it. But I mean, 4-1 win, first of all, that's a result that you can't be sniffing at. That, that, that's a good night for us. A very good night for us. Um, I'm sure we'll talk about it. It's things like the red card um, and a couple of other bits within that. But we set up attacking uh, and, and I think we took the game to them pretty well. Um, and uh, I mean, what? The, the biggest thing I took away from Tuesday night is that somehow we started with four strikers, but we ended with a more attacking team. And I, I don't know any team has ever managed to achieve such a feat. Um, so it's it's nice to know that we're going to be we're going to be taking the game to, to teams. And it certainly you sort of came away thinking we've taken our chances. A number of people played really really well. And Louis Watson, I mean, I, I fall in love with another lone player. It just add him to the to the people that are here temporarily. That I'm going to be devastated um, come May when he's no longer part of the squad. But lots lots of people put their hands up and a good reaction as well to Saturday. So no no complaints over here. Yeah, yeah. Evening to Gavin Carter as well. Um, presumably the board member Gavin Carter. They're, they're obviously keeping a close eye on uh, everything we have to say. I hope you're enjoying the show, Gavin. Uh, let's have a listen uh, to the goals then from Charlton TV. Uh, as always, uh, Steve Brown. 
uh, was alongside the always excellent Terry Smith. From Cole and he's picked out the run of uh, Scott and Scott's into the area and finishes and Charlton caught out from the deep run. Scott was pretty much by the edge of his own area when he picked the ball up. Partridge then took over, picked out Cole. Scott kept his run going and nobody went with him and the ball through picked him out and he finished beyond Maynard Brewer and Exeter City had the opening goal. Yeah, and that's not the first time that gap's been there, if I'm honest. It happened about 10 minutes into the game. Straight to Hector, it's a good ball up to Alfie May, who's got space to turn. Heading towards the edge of the penalty area, Alfie May, still in possession, goes to the right. Ball back across, looking for Renike, who gets his head there! Off the crossbar, Blackie Taylor! Finishes for Charlton and brings us back level. Excellent ball into Alfie May, who turns, drifts across to the right. Great ball back across, what a header from Chucks and Ike, that initially... Looked like the chance had gone as it cannoned off the crossbar, but Blackett Taylor, first to react, pounces and strikes the equaliser. Yeah, and it's an outstanding time to score, Terry. It changes everything about half-time. I'm sure Michael Afton's still going to have a word about some of the defending aspects of, of this 34, first 45 minutes because there's been a couple of moments and it has literally been... ...to the feet of Tenich, who goes back to Tanay Watson. May have been fouled. Tanay Watson ball into the box, or headed away. Tanae Watson trying to get there again, and was he fouled? Yes, he was! It's a penalty to Charlton. He's taken over. The ball from Alfie May has got this penalty in front of the covered end. Chuksanike, oh, it's saved off the post, and then Alfie May follows up. He may not have taken the penalty, but he's buried the rebound to make sure Charlton go two and up. Yeah, I don't know what the extra keeper, Sinisalo's on about, but he's... Surely followed through on May there. It was accidental, but it was a follow through, and he's got a red card. This is very, I think this could be similar to the Liverpool controversy at the weekend. I don't think that was deliberate. He's certainly out of control, but I don't think he meant to make contact with Alfie May. The follow through certainly caught the Charlton striker. Exeter's night's just unfolded in the last. 90 seconds or so. To Dobson. Tenet Watson again. This time, Louis Watson makes a run. As does Tedditch. That's great. Bring down from Louis Watson. Then taking off his toes to Leeburn. Leeburn in the box. Takes a shot. Oh, what a finish. What a finish in front of the covered end from Miles Leeburn. The ball slightly fortuitously ran to him in the centre of the edge of the penalty area. Took a touch onto his right foot and drilled it past Sinisalo to give Charlton a two-goal cushion. Blackett-Taylor takes a touch past Sweeney into the penalty area. Corey Blackett-Taylor past the keeper. Can he finish back the lever? No, but Alfie May's there. And he slams it into the roof of the net. For Charlton's fourth. And that is exactly what I'm on about. Alfie May grabbing a second. Blackett-Taylor showing a bit more in those forward areas. Miles Lieber maybe, hopefully, let's see, let's see if he can get a second in his dying moments of this game. These make big differences, Tell. A 2-1, a 3-1 to a 5-1 or a 6-1 can make a massive difference when you walk into the training ground, whenever that may be on Thursday, maybe tomorrow for recovery. There's a great opportunity here to put down a real stamp to build confidence, to build team morale, to get your goal scorers scoring. Take advantage while you can. There we go, the highlights from Charlton TV of uh, an excellent victory uh, over Exeter City uh, in midweek. I mean, we could t- let's talk about that performance then, um, Lewis, because 
I, I actually listened back to to the guy. I, I did the commentary on on Radio London over the week, so I always like to listen back just to see where I went wrong, basically. And I forgot that the, there were probably for for spells of that first half, we were getting a bit frustrated because we enjoyed a lot of the ball, but we weren't quite carving out those chances. Obviously, Brownie mentioned it there after Corey Blackett Taylor's goal that we, we've been caught out a couple of times on the counter. But but the important thing is, I guess we, we stuck in and and ground out the result, and then in the second half we went for the jugular and and got a four goal haul, which is only going to increase confidence for everyone, really. Yeah, you're right. You know, I thought periods in that first half, um, obviously when the team sheet came out originally, there was a little bit of you know raised eyebrows over who was going to be playing where. I think there was a bit of confusion over who with the amount of strikers, as Joe's already said, that were named in that team sheet, how we would be lining up. So I felt sort of, especially in that first like 20, 25 minutes, that maybe that translated on the pitch slightly. I thought there were a few people caught out of position. I thought May was playing far too deep um, at times. I thought we were being, as you said, we were caught on the counter a couple of times. And after a few, you know, failed attempts, it we got caught out and they go 1-0 up. And it felt like it was going to head towards a bit of a frustrating evening where we were just throwing everything at it to try and rescue a result. But... I think that the timing that we scored and that Corey scored was was very critical. It obviously changes that team talk at half time. And I thought that we were excellent after that. I thought that we looked a threat going forward. Um, you know, I was talking to my friend that I go with and we can't believe the attacking options that we've got there now compared to where we were weeks ago, looking at where we are now in terms of all that attacking threat. It's a, it's a great um, headache for, for Mickey Apples to have in terms of who he starts in those areas because all of them are threatening. Um, I thought Chucks was was outstanding. I was gutted he didn't score his penalty, but I thought that a lot of his hold-up play was good. He was getting in the right areas. He was bullying their defenders. And, I mean, what a positive for him to get 68 minutes on the clock as well. I think that's outstanding from him, and I'm really happy for him. So, yeah, lots and lots of positives to take from Tuesday. Um, and overall performance, very, very promising. And we've obviously gone unbeaten now under, under Appleton, and, and long may it continue because we're obviously seeing the benefits of of his sort of coaching calibre. And, and I think I said on the previous show, like having somebody with him experienced as well, maybe helping with those tactical decisions to to get us in these positions and make differences in, in games. Because we're not lining up the same in each one. We're, we're adapting, which is something I don't feel like we've done enough. So, yeah, long may this continue because it was really enjoyable watch on Tuesday. Yeah, Tom says, first half, we looked bang average. We kept giving the ball away, couldn't hold the ball. Only good a few minutes of the first half uh, was the goal. I mean, like, I, I felt we we had loads, it felt like we had loads of the ball and we had all these options on the edge of the box and Exeter were, were sitting in and, and probably executing their game plan perfectly, which led to the goal. Um, so, I mean, I, I'm trying to see it as, well, if, if the fact that we, I still feel like there's a, a gear we could go up, Joe, and, and the fact that Michael's found a way to win games uh, you know, and, and you hear I ask him about it in the interview. He's found a way to win games where overall there's been elements of the performances that he wants to see get better. But the fact we're, we're picking up points, which we certainly weren't doing at the start of the season, that that certainly feels promising because I, I, I'm convinced there's a certainly another gear that we can go into. <clears throat> yeah, I think that I think the start of that game screams the fact that we made a quite big tactical adjustment with no time on the training pitch because um, May really was getting a lot of direction from Dobbo in that first half about where he should be and he seemed a little bit lost for, for large chunks of it um, and 
And there was one great moment in the first half where we had a front six, both fullbacks and four attackers all stood in the line. And then uh, uh, Dobbo and uh, Louis Watson sitting in behind looking for going, hang on, who am I meant to pass to? Um, so they, they, they've obviously got to get through challenges like that if he's learning on the fly and making lots of adjustments without time on the training pitch. But the players, I thought, worked really, really hard on, on Saturday. And we certainly won some of the physical battles that we've probably lost on the, on the weekend. Um, so overall, they're finding that that bit of desire. And it's twice now this season, isn't it? I think that we've come from behind to win, um, which is, you know, as many times as we have in the last, what, four years. So there's obviously something in this squad about not giving up and persevering and, and grinding out results. But <clears throat> we've got some some great individual quality through that through that squad. And, and with the likes of Louis Watson able to just dominate, you're going to, even if you're struggling to, to dominate from start to end, you're going to find opportunities and spaces to win. And if that defence can keep the mistakes down, then the platform is there to score the goals that is going to get us the, the results over the course of the season, even if we aren't, you know, barnstorming from, from minute zero to minute 90. Yeah, I mean, that's a good point about the, you know, pick, picking up the win from behind. It's the second time we've done it in the space of well, three home games now after the, the Fleetwood game. And I guess a lot of that, as as has already been mentioned, comes down to the fact that the manager can turn behind him and see Miles Leeburn sitting on the bench. You know, in previous games, he's had obviously Jukes to, to bring on, someone like Tedich to bring on, who, who again is, is just looking a handful, isn't he? Like, obviously started on Tuesday. Like, we, we have these these forward options from the bench and it does come down to, you know, that that's certainly not going to be the end of the pitch that's going to be our problem. Uh, there's still improvements to be made at the back, but I feel like we're edging in the right direction. Obviously, the, the goals against has gone down a little bit. You know, the, the, the one we conceded Saturday was, was uh, on Tuesday, I should say, was a bit disappointing. But the, the one we scored right on the stroke of half time, um, I think it was Ben put in our in our group chat saying it's finally a bit of movement and it leads to something because it did feel a bit static at times in that first half. But when we started to grow into that that new formation and Alfie went wide and we dragged a few players out, um, then, then, it, then it led to something. And, and great to see Corey Blackett-Taylor where he was. You don't see Corey Blackett-Taylor doing that as often as he should have done. But again, this comes back to, I think he's getting that end product. He's picking up and up and up second half of last season, start of this season. He's, re he's really becoming like the, not, not the finished article, but he's certainly leaning towards being the finished article. A hundred percent. You know, he's becoming incredibly key for us at the moment. His performances, you know, I think Saturday was a bit of a, a bit of a downer for most of us, to be honest, um, with the nil-nil. But you know, he was outstanding again on Tuesday night. He's just so dangerous. Like, like I say, I, I don't think, I don't think there are many players, if any player, in this division that is as dangerous as Corey Blackett Taylor. Once he gets that end product, I cannot think of a player that is as quick. You know, I can't. I don't see a single um, fullback keeping up with him. I think he's outrageously good on the ball, um, scarily fast, and and that plays in our favour, especially when you've got all these other attacking outlets now getting in the right areas. But as you say, it was Corey getting in the right area, which is great to see because, you know, it's not that's another goal for him this season. He's had a fairly positive start in terms of the goal-scoring side of things and from creating as well. So he's getting those stats in. You know, he had a bit of interest at the end of the summer window, which I think complements how good he's been. Um, and I always think he's been up there in terms of performers over the last few seasons because when he performs, he really performs. What we didn't see was that consistency. But I think this season, as you say, we're starting to see that now and we're reaping the reward of having somebody that is that dangerous and that clinical. 
on top of having people like Alfie May, who are not just feeding off the scraps that he creates, but also bringing him into play. It was a great ball in from Alfie over to Chucks to, to create the initial chance. Obviously, Chucks gets the gets no right to get that header whatsoever. Wins it, hits the bar. Another unlucky for him, you know, felt like anything he hit wasn't going to go in um, on Tuesday. But as you say, Corey's there to follow it up and we wouldn't always see that. So, you know, he's been he's been fantastic. And I think that his form is really really benefiting our, our other attacking players, which is only going to benefit us moving forward because we've got some seriously good goal scorers in that side. You know, I stand by Alfie May is probably the best goal scorer in this division. When you've got players like Corey feeding him, then that's an incredibly dangerous partnership that's going to obviously do wonders for us moving forward. Yeah, Alfie is just absolutely ridiculous, isn't he? Um, we'll hear from him later on in the show and we'll speak a bit more about him then. But yeah, it's very, very, very good sign in that. Uh, Brazilian saying, uh, I said Louis Watson was classed during the match, Fred, and it received two lulls, which is a war crime. Uh, David Todman saying Watson added some midfield class. Uh, Aaron saying, didn't start the best first 2025. Lots of long ball switching play, which wasn't work- working. Settled down after that. Louis Watson uh, was great. Make a go missing at times, but did well. Uh, in a new position. Yeah, lots of love for, for Louis Watson in that midfield. I mean, I had Paul Mortimer alongside me who um, spoke spoke very highly of, of both Dobbo and, and Watson, particularly in the first half when all that, I say all that action was happening with those two. It felt like running the show, but us unable to bring the forward players in until the end of the half. But yeah, that Louis Watson. I remember, I remember after the Crawley game and then whatever the first home league game in which he played, I remember putting in my takeaways like very, very early days, but he, look, he looks tidy. I'd like to see how he progresses in this side and I, I, I think he's just getting better and more confident and the thing I loved I don't know if you've seen the the video um, from the corner I think it was after the penalty save and then Alfie puts it in and the players come over to celebrate uh, and I've got nothing against Terrell Thomas having having a, a laugh and joining in with a song I, yeah, I'm glad he's enjoying his football but I love the fact that it's a 22 year old Louis Watson who's there going come on 2-1 we've still got a lot to do in this game like that that is maturity beyond his years and i mean it's, it's been a really good start to his charlton career joe yeah i'm, I'm glad you uh you mentioned that because i would have completely forgotten it but when i watched the when i watched that video i was like that is that is a sign of a player who's who's gonna add a lot of value to us over over the course of the season not just what he's doing on the ball but at, at times when that ball is dead, we know concentration is one of our biggest weaknesses. So someone reminding people to concentrate could be a bit of a secret weapon. Um, I think that Louis is one of those players, like a bit like Jensen, um, not saying he's the same calibre at all, but he just has time. It doesn't matter how many players are around him, you pass him the ball and he seems to have enough time to put a cup of tea on, put his feet up, slippers on, and then still, still finds the pass. And his distribution was was the next level. Him and Dobbo together, you're not going to get too many of the midfield pairings that are going to be able to distribute the ball and, and sort of take the game by the scruff of the neck at this level, especially with the league being sort of as weak as it is this season. I I really liked the I really like the way that he carries the ball as well. It's not just ticking the ball over and passing it off and then looking for another option. He's he's more than willing to take a man on uh, and mix it up as well. So I think that there's a real challenge there because you've got Fraser, Pan, Watson, Dobbo. That's four quality players. And based on Saturday, it looks like only really two midfielders are going to be playing at any time if that's the sort of formation and the strategy. So we've got a bit more of an embarrassment of riches, but lots of different styles as well. Um, and 
it could be that Watson, with the way that he carries the ball, can actually help get the best out of other players in that midfield with Fraser and Pan, if they can find a way to get all three of them in uh, for certain games as well. So, yeah, I'm really excited to watch him for the rest of the season. As I said earlier, I've already fallen in love with him. So, um going to be heartbroken in May. Yeah, all hell let loose then. How can we fit Louis Watson, Dobbo, Camera, and Fraser into our midfield? And obviously the answer is we can't, but that's options. I mean, that is that is good to have uh, some options and some depth. And it's, and it's good to see, you know, there, there was there, there was and, and still are obviously concerns that towards the end of the window, we, we certainly beefed up the squad with a lot of younger bodies. But, you know, Louis Watson has, has sort of played beyond these years, really, which is good to see. And we, we are going to rely on that sort of depth and, and, and these young, young ones, particularly the Lonies, obviously stepping up to the plate. And, and he is one uh, that has done so. Red card for Will Anderson. Literally, I listened again. I listened back to it and I timed it. I think from kickoff to the red card was about seven seconds. So something stupid, Lou. Like, um, been overturned today. I can see why it's been overturned because the angle where you see it, he clearly, it's especially slowed down. He goes in one-footed, then the, the follow-through is after. I can also see why it was given in real time because... From the referee's angle, which is the same angle as the main uh, sort of uh, a camera on the west side, which I have I've seen an angle from there as well. It does it does feel like it could have been in one movement. So I I I, I wouldn't have been shocked if it wasn't overturned. But if it had gone against us, I think I would have been pretty upset. Yeah, it was a strange decision, wasn't it? I mean, I was where I sit in the in the north upper. It looked really bad because of the angle, but when you watch it back. Obviously, you see there's no malice in it at all. It's just the the speed of it. But ultimately, when you're watching it in real time, the ref has to make that decision there and then, doesn't he? And you're right. I think if it went against us on the day, I probably wouldn't make a huge amount of gripes. If I saw it from the angle I was watching and it was our player, I'd be like, oh, it's a bit clumsy. Then watching it back is where I'd be frustrated. And obviously, that's what, what Exeter is seeing now. But, you know, it's been overturned and it, it goes against us more often than not anyway. So I'm not going to be too, um, you know, too upset about the decision going our way for the first time in what feels like forever. But um, yeah, I can definitely feel a, a hard thumb vibe. But I even think with 11 men uh, in the second half, we probably would have would have gone on and won that game by a similar margin because I just felt like we were, we came out a completely different, uh, different gear in that second half. Yeah. Uh, we haven't actually spoke about the discussion for the penalty. I've, I've got a lot to get into. I thought, I thought it was a penalty. I thought, uh, Tanai Watson was very clever in that he saw he was the wrong side of wild chat. And you see penalties given for that. If, you, if you're not very careful in the penalty area and, and the player gets in between you and the ball, you're going to kick him. It's going to, it's going to be a penalty. Um, uh, Bob saying a number of candidates for player of the year already. Jones, May, Blackett, Taylor, Dobbo. Yeah. It's good to see players having uh, a good show so far. Brazilian saying that he's, uh, improved, uh, Vast improvement under under Appleton Jones. Yeah, I mean, he's been very good so far. Um, Johan's asking for thoughts on Hector. He said he was good uh, on Tuesday. Uh, Aaron said, apart from his walkabout for the goal, yeah, Hector uh, played better. I mean, I, I wonder how much that that red card changes the uh, the way the game goes. Because I mean, we'd literally just we'd just gone two one up, and again, when I listened back to it last night, uh, last night and this morning, Mortz was saying, you know. Maybe Charlton haven't not not deserved to to go two one up fully yet. You know we're still it was still quite even at that point. You know Ash had made a a really good save from um, I think it was from uh, from Mitchell uh, on 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 coming in from the right quite early on in that second half. So the chances had been fairly even. But uh, do you think the red card certainly played a part in how we went on to finish the game, Joe? Yeah, I I do. I, I actually think that. Um... 
I I put in the group that I I, thought, I felt was a deflating four one win, um, which Benji hammered me for probably fairly. Uh, but just in terms of, I just felt that the the red card gave us a real opportunity because they were they were really struggling to to hold back our attacking play, and we took our foot off the gas a little bit. So I think that it's been really helpful in terms of getting some some rest, some active rest into the players ahead of Saturday. But certainly from that point onwards, we were we were dominant and extra sort of struggled I think to get a foothold in the game again afterwards that just going back to the the main our brewer save that you you mentioned earlier I thought what is good to see is that even when we're having those moments Tenai Watson got that block in and people being alive to the danger um but yeah go back to the red card it definitely changed the flow of the game we should have I think had enough to beat them anyway I think we probably would have gone on to win having had the rollick in having just got the goal the you know North Upper would have been bringing them or dragging that ball into the goal for us for the rest of the half but uh certainly a real benefit but it's tinged with that I think that we haven't had a complete performance for 90 minutes yet and I felt like we had an opportunity when that red card was to really hammer them for 45 minutes and take so much confidence and a bit of goal difference into the rest of the season. But hopefully the um, the uh, the rest or, or the slightly more la- lackadaisical end to the game in terms of effort levels means that we're nice and fresh for Saturday. And we certainly got to rest a lot of players, which will be huge when we're doing Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't come out feeling like... I didn't feel like I wanted more. Like I was quite happy with four... Um, you know, the way we finished off the game. Yeah, maybe the last five minutes or so, we we, we sort of took our foot off the gas in, in added time. I really wasn't too concerned about that. Um, George says, uh, I still think our defence will define our season, I'm afraid, unless we win every game 4-3. I mean, yeah, I'd probably disagree with something Brazilians were just saying in the chat. Um, might sound biased, but we had Exeter's number. Yeah, I probably agree with that overall. I think I felt like we could certainly edge that game. Um, but he said, we looked defensively sound against Shrewsbury had a control on that game, in my opinion. I mean, only only in the second half. And even then, I mean, our goalkeeper was man of the match for us. You know, I, I'm still concerned overall about that that side of it. You know, we gave up a couple of decent chances on on Tuesday. It's easy to forget that when we win 4-1. But I, I don't think, I, I don't want that to take away from the, the shine from the win and the fact that we are a good attacking side. Um, you know, I think we're in a similar situation to last year. It's just whether we can find that extra edge at the back, we've certainly got one defender who's better than probably anything we had last year in Jones. It's just about um, following it up uh, at the end. Um, obviously, yeah, so the third goal was Lee Byrne off the bench. Uh, the fourth goal was, uh, again, Corey. Fantastic. It was a through ball. I can't remember who the through ball was against, but um, uh, who, who it was, sorry. But then it was uh, well around uh, the keeper by Blackett Taylor and a good finish uh, by um, uh, by May as well. Uh, Shiny Phil said, I thought that apart from Hector's positioning for the goal, our defending looked improved. Uh, Jones gets better with every match. Our Brazilians were saying uh, Exeter rather than Shrewsbury, which does make a bit more sense. Uh, excellent. Right, we need to hear from the gaffer, I think. Um, Michael Appleton uh, came to speak to me uh, and Richard after the game. This is what he had to say. Emphatic victory here at the Valley this evening. How did you see that one? Yeah, I was delighted. You know, I just, just said to the chat on TV then where um, obviously a little bit of lapse in concentration for their goal, but I was really pleased the way we, we played in that first half. I thought we were so close on so many occasions to like open them up and, and you know, defence splitting pass and it didn't quite happen. But the most pleasing thing was the amount of players we were prepared to run without the ball um, and really hurt the opposition. So, happy with the performance in the first half. Disappointed, obviously, with the goal. Um, the response, they keep responding, which is really, really pleasing because... 
You know, I think I said it in my programme notes, you know, there was a question mark over them as a group, maybe being a little bit of a soft touch, and that was one thing I wanted to eradicate and make sure that doesn't happen. And when we've been asked questions over the first four games, they've responded really, really well. Um, and then obviously I thought, thought we were a good second half, but the worry when you go down, they, the opposition go down to 10 men is that they're going to take an extra touch of the ball and slow it down a little bit. But we did the opposite and it was great to see. Yeah, I mean, one of the big points you made on Saturday is that you wanted a, a more competitive edge mm. to your side today. Is that, is that what you got today? 100%, yeah, definitely. You know, but listen, we, we, we camped for long, long periods in their half of the field and their sort of last third of the field. Um, we still can be a bit more patient at times, but um, it's very difficult for me to be critical of the, of the team tonight because, um, you know, they, they give me everything they had. Obviously, the, the goal on the stroke of half-time is never a, a bad time to, to score, mm. and that, that set up the second half nicely. Yeah, and it was coming. You know, like I say, we, we were knocking on the door a lot, and they dropped into a five, and they had four in front and, you know, one. Um, so it was difficult to try and break them down at times, but... Um, yeah, they kept probing, kept asking questions, kept running up without the ball and um, got the reward. Just had the pleasure of speaking to Alfie May. Obviously, he's, he's been the penalty taker mm. in pre-season and so far, but but not today. What, what's your views? I mean, we saw Arsenal do it for, I think, Havertz, was it, down at Bournemouth, but is, is that planned. something you're not a fan of? wasn't planned. wasn't planned. Look, at the end of the day, I've got a lot of trust in the players. I always put trust in the players. We got away with it tonight, OK? We got away with it a little bit, but, um, yeah... Ultimately, um, it's not one of them. I'm not going to try and say that I'm, you know, try to copy people or, you know, we did this and tried to be too clever. Um, you know, it was uh, it was a situation that was uh, rectified very, very quickly. Yeah, well, it, obviously, to see Chuck's start a game, it's the mm. first time since since February and he only started one league game last season. It, it feels like a big decision considering his mm. his fitness record. Is, 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 he, is there something different about him now? Is he fitter, is it...? Yeah, well, listen, I, I can't really speak from what, what's happened in the past. All I can say is that he looks really, really fit. He looks really hungry. Um, I think the performances that he's made coming off the bench have proven that, but obviously they've proven that for a long period of time. I said to him that I trust him to, to, to play and start the games at times. We've obviously, we've got to you know, manage that as best we possibly can. Um, but... He didn't want to come off, you know, he, and it wasn't it wasn't just because he wanted to score a goal. He was fit. He feels fit and strong, and you know, I really hope that sort of continues because if we've got a a fit and really competitive Chuksaniki in the team, then he's going to be a, a real threat for us. I'll probably ask you about Alfie May's attributes as a goal scorer most weeks. So we'll talk about something else involved in him. The red card today. And yeah. um, what's your view on that? Yeah, I haven't looked back, so I've got to be careful what I say, but it looked like he, he caught him. The only, the only issue with tackles these days, like literally as soon as you lift your foot, you are in danger of definitely getting a yellow card. But, you know, if you come off the floor as well, you, you're potentially getting a red card. I'm saying that after watching it at live and not knowing, obviously, because I've not had a, had a look since. It's been a, a very good start, I guess you'd say. Certainly in terms of results, obviously there's been elements of, of um, performances that you would have liked to have seen better. But, I mean, could you imagine it would have gone this well at the start? Yeah, well, the reality is four weeks in, performances are not really important. You know, it's one of them, they'll come over time and they'll get better and, you know, the, you, you need to pick up points and, and, and that's the single most important thing because with points, you get confidence. With confidence, you play better. Um, so, delighted, really, really happy. Two home wins two draws on the road really really difficult game coming up on Saturday and Tuesday against 
two two former clubs. Um, so I'm sure that'll bring a bit of spice into it. But I know I'm looking forward to it. And listen, if you walked in that dressing room, I'm sure they'll tell you the same. Thinking about a new kitchen or bathroom? Find professional, independent local installers with free home surveys, itemised quotes and protected payments, trading standards approved contracts and workmanship warranties. The British Institute of Kitchen, Bedroom, Bathroom Installations accredits installers to ensure they are police checked, fully insured and experienced. Take the risk out of home improvement. Visit bikbbi.org.uk Hello fellow addicts, I'm so excited to tell you all about our micropub, The River Owl House. The River Owl House is based in East Greenwich, it has six Pub of the Year awards, an ever-changing selection of amazing beer. It's owned by Charlton fans, walkable to the ground in just 20 minutes with buses that go direct to the Valley too. If your matchday routine includes a drink with your friends, you must join your fellow addicts in the river. See you soon. Millions of people have lost weight with personalised plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. All right, welcome back to Charlton Live. This is the big match preview. Just before the break there, we heard from the Addicts boss, Michael Appleton, after that 4-1 win over Exeter City uh, in midweek. Um, yeah, as I said earlier on in the show, we spoke about that there's still more to come in terms of performances, but I, I, I agree with Michael there. It means we're in a good place because we're picking up points. Um, you know, we, 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 we're doing well on that front. And like I say, I, I think we can tighten up defensively a little bit. I, I think... You know, there are probably more 90-minute showings in us. I mean, Sam's pointing out, I, I agree with you, Louis. I feel uh, our defence will play a factor in where we finish. Hope we can look at this uh, in the January uh, window. Um, shall we ask about the penalty situation? Um, i ask Alfie about it, which we'll hear shortly as well. But Michael wasn't very happy, Joe, about the fact that um, Chooks was given the penalty by Alfie. Man, bear in mind, this was at one always. So when when Kai Havertz got given the penalty for Arsenal down at Bournemouth, I think they were already 2 0 up and that made it 3 0. Uh, and then Ben White got the fourth, if I remember rightly. But it was certainly it wasn't 0 0 or 1 or like 1 0. It was so we got away with it. I mean, it's nice to see the team spirit, but it's interesting that Michael was upset about that and, and told us as well, which you don't always get from managers. No, I. I couldn't believe that Chucks was taking it. I mean, it, the only thing he got hold of all night was that header, really. Shooting-wise, he'd, he'd sort of struggled, didn't he, in front of goal. Um, it's it, if, he was, if, he was, if he'd scored two and we were a couple up and it was for the hat-trick, yeah, fair enough. You know, how often do you score a hat-trick as a, as a professional footballer? But one or it's just a rogue decision. And, and the thing is, is those, those decisions can lose your points that cost you 
<laughs> at the end of the season. So May's not had a brilliant record. I mean, he's two from four, so he's hardly prolific from the spot. But the only situation, I think, where the number one penalty taker doesn't take the penalty is if he genuinely doesn't feel it. If he just doesn't feel right in that moment and goes, I don't fancy it, I'm going to pass the responsibility on. That's the only opportunity, I think, to to do it. And it hasn't cost us because he followed it up. But it's very, very lucky that it hasn't come back to bite us. It's As you say, it's nice to see team spirit, but I, I want to see a team, team spirit where it's, we're going to go out and dominate and win at any cost. We're going to win at any cost, not we're going to make sure our mate scores a goal because he's been out for a long time. But Chucks will get his goal. It will probably be an absolute barnstorm where he holds off about seven players rather than an easy tap-in. It doesn't need to be doesn't need to be given that then in a game, especially especially when we you know we had a disappointing result on, on Saturday. You know we needed another win at home to gear us up for for this weekend. So yeah, not hmm. not impressed. Right, who wants to see a graph? It's graph time. <laughs> Here we go. Right, let's bring it up onto the screen. So uh, I did say uh, after doing the the one on the first game of the season, I said we wait until ten games in before bringing it up. Um, so for those of you listening on the podcast and not looking uh, on YouTube. I'll just give you uh, the lowdown of what it shows. So uh, we can see the average points uh, needed to finish uh, in the top six uh, in League One are 74.2. Uh, the average points needed to stay up are 48.7. Uh, um, based on the points per game that Charlton have taken over the first 10 games of the season, uh, we would finish on 64.4 points. Now, obviously, what this doesn't really take into account is when you can see our actuals line, uh, the red line that's solid for those watching on YouTube going up. Um, I mean, it's going up quite sharply uh, in the last five games, whereas uh, it was flatlined after the first game for uh, the, the next four. So we're certainly heading in the right direction. It shows that, I mean, if we were to repeat this 10 games over and over again, we wouldn't get there. We, we need more, but I think that's not to anyone's surprise. Um, after the, the, the way we started the season under Dean, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, that, that gives us an idea that you can see that red line. What we want is that red line down the bottom to be higher than the blue line. Then that would show that we're on track. And if we'd won on Saturday against Shrewsbury, and then obviously we followed that up on Tuesday, that red line would be pretty much where that blue line is. So we, we're really not far away currently from being roughly you know, where we need to be points per game. It's very early in the season. I think the more accurate thing we need to look at is the is the game's remaining graphic I've just brought up onto the screen that shows what sort of results we'd need to get to that 75 points roughly um so from 36 games left we can win 17 draw 10 lose 9 i mean these are all the sort of achievable ways we can we can get into the top 6 lewis i mean looking at, at those stats do you feel confident i mean it feels like a lot of wins i mean unless we only lose one game for the rest of the season the, um, that, if we did that then the least amount we'd need to win is 13 and probably looking at if we lost another seven then won 16 and drew 13 i mean that that's something that is realistic it's whether you know for any team is it realistic for us over the course of the rest of the season it's a tough one really i mean i don't want to write it off because i think that we've looked much better um and, and the graph I mean, like say, what the graph the graph says it's way too early to write off because we're not far off that blue line. exactly exactly that and also we've got a game in hand haven't we um so that that gives us that little bit more i suppose um in terms of getting close to the current setup um it's dependent really on how strong the division is going to be as well i suppose because 
I don't know what what the graph takes into account on this season, whether it's on average points. But if this it's is a weekly points league... over the last uh, ten years, so it does. So yeah. if if the top six is eighty five this year, then the graph will look very silly by the end of the yeah. season. But it's just roughly giving us an idea of if we're on track. Yeah, which I'm thinking this season, if anything, it's going to be weaker this this league one because it it does feel a little bit. You know, that we had the start that we had which was appalling. You know, it was really, really poor. We were down in the dumps. And you fast forward four four or five games under under Appleton and where we're four points behind the playoffs with a game in hand over the top six. It, it's very, it shows that really that this division's not not that great. So that I'm, I'm confident that if we can, some, can knuckle down a bit of consistency, then, then there's no reason why we can't push for the top six. You know, I, I don't think that's beyond beyond doubt at all what we've got to do is strike up that consistency strike up a bit of rhythm keep our best players fit um and try and win as many games as possible you know ultimately that's all we can do um i feel more confident about it now after watching the last couple of performances um you know not just because they've been good results but performances collectively i think have been much better we've got players coming back from injuries now i mean the bench on tuesday to bring you know fraser Burn those sorts of players off the bench, Tyrese Campbell, Asimway, like they're all good players. To bring those players off the bench when you've already got other players starting, that's good because some of those players can impact games. What we had before is we didn't have anybody on the bench that was going to come on and make a real impact. Now it feels like we've got options. You know, Lee Byrne and, and, and EK can, can rotate between the two. May is obviously playing outstanding at the moment. That's something we didn't have before. Like I feel like we've got a little bit more um, in terms of options, we've got a lot more options. And and I think the key for us is having the ability to make ch- actual substitutions that are going to change games, not just for the sake of people getting tired legs. Um, and I think, you know, we've got, a, if we win on Saturday and, and keep this run going, then the graph's going to look great, isn't it? <laughs> so, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. at the moment. Excellent. I mean, Joe's pointed out uh, just on our private chat that top six is roughly aiming for 75.2 points at the moment, which is yeah, pretty much in line with what we expect. And it was 77 last year. It was 81, I think, the year before, maybe even higher. Uh, 83 year the year before. So, yeah, ho- hopefully we'll see. Uh, we're quick email. Steve says, a decent result. We're not always going to be able to give sides a goal start, though. For me, Louis Watson was a standout, always trying to accelerate the play with one and two touch passes and great energy. Brownie's tactical now on comms uh, was excellent. Mickey Apples uh, should sign him up. Right, we're going to hear from Alfie May shortly. Then we're going to turn our attention uh, to Saturday's visitors, Blackpool, because our uh, guest is waiting in the waiting room as well. So let's hear from uh, the Addicts' uh, top scorers, shall we? Alfie May uh, came to speak to me after he got his brace against Exeter in midweek. This is what he had to say. We was very good. Um, we showed good mentality, good courage to... Obviously, we conceded a goal. Um, and, yeah, to get back in it before half-time is a great time to score. And I thought we started really well tonight. Um, another two for yourself as well. I mean, you're, you're ticking along really nicely now. Yeah, yeah. Listen, that's why I got brought in into this club. Um, I like to score goals. Um, I like to, like I say, work hard and, and goals pay you back. So, yeah, no, it's nice to nice to get a goal. And like I say, the, the big thing was three points, keeping sort of this run up. I think that's three wins on, on the bounce now in, at home. And... We sort of want to make this place sort of rocking every time we play, and and uh, at the minute it, it seems like that. Yeah, you mentioned that that goal at half time was was quite important for the side. Obviously, we've fallen behind in in the first half, and 
enjoyed a lot of the ball, but perhaps not quite creating as much as we would have wanted. And then, and then it was a big, a big header from an Ekan Lackett Taylor there at the right time, not just for the goal, but for the, the sort of the way the game was going. Yeah, definitely. Um, like I say, we conceded, we conceded a goal. Someone sort of runs off one of our players, and and they get a goal, and sort of we was on top of on top of them at that time, and it sort of you, you see heads dropping and. And we just said, listen, like we we we've been we've been the better team, and we carry on going. We we we've seen positive, and we wanted to start how we started the second half against Shrewsbury. Um, we didn't we didn't want to start slow, and and I thought we we started really well, and yeah, it was really important to to get that goal up just before half time. Sorry, with Arsenal at Bournemouth, they they let someone who hadn't scored yet take a penalty on Saturday. Is that what happened today? Because obviously you've been the penalty taker so far. Yeah, no, I take full responsibility tonight. Um, a few of the lads and and the staff a little bit probably angry that I I didn't take it because I am the penalty taker. But um, just from the warm up, seeing seeing Chooks how how on it he was and he's worked he's worked hard to to get back and he's had obviously a setback in pre season and he's he's worked he's worked he's worked so hard to and he just wanted that goal. Um, so yeah, I, I I said yeah like I want I wanted him to have it because. Wanted him to get that goal and sort of kickstart his kickstart his season. Um, I think it was his first start tonight. So yeah, no. Listen, I'm probably going to get asked and why I give it away, but I, I take full responsibility. I wanted him to 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 get that goal. Um, and listen, good karma, eh? It, it, it come back to me and I, I scored. Yeah, you got a second one later on in the game, so it's up to up to six now. I mean, I'm sure you didn't see it like this, but I think was it two or three at the start of the season without scoring. Were you ever worried that you you weren't going to refine your form? Was that way too early to have been talking about that? Oh, I think I think if you look back at my my two years that I scored goals at Cheltenham, I I sort of go on on runs and then I go quiet for for three four games. Um, but I, I still work hard for the team. I, I, I try. I try my best every, every time I put on a shirt, um, and and that's what I sort of say to myself. If 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 I'm not getting the goals, make sure I work hard, and and hopefully the next game I can I can get that goal. I guess the chances were coming in that period at the start of the season, so it was only ever going to be a matter of time. Yeah, listen. Yeah, when I could have probably could have probably been on four or five goals. Um, I think the late Orient, the keepers pulled an absolute worldie off from. From just about the penalty spot, um, and like I said, I just I just keep going, keep working hard, um, and and the goals will come. Dobbo next one against Dorian as well. Um, yeah, the, that's it. Well, I've just seen the red card on the TV. Tell us your views on what happened there. Yeah, I just sort of he sort of had a had a heavy touch. Um, I just tried to to get my toe in, and he he's lunged in, sort of caught, caught me on the on the end of the toe. Listen, they, they, they're screaming at me, saying that I've dived, etc. But he's, he's caught me. I'm, I'm not saying it is a red card. I, I sort of, I, I didn't see what happened after. Um, but the ref, the ref was straight on it. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's not, it's not nice to, to see people get sent off. It's, it's not you. Um, and, I, and I, he definitely got a touch on me, and he lunged in. Just finally, I mean, Michael's obviously tried a couple of slightly different formations, like a three up front and then sort of a three behind the one today. Obviously, that means with your striking options Charlton have, you're going to have different players playing in slightly different roles. I mean, do you have a, a preference for which one you'd be playing is? And do, do you mind playing the slightly deeper role that you started off with today? No, definitely not. No, I, I like to sort of, we, we sort of sort of game planned of Exeter would, would sort of come after us and 
and sort of leave free at free at the back and I can sort of make deeper runs like running in behind. So the gaffer the gaffer said to me sort of playing in, in the 10 to to make them deeper runs to get off off jukes. Um, yeah, listen, the, the, wherever the gaffer puts you, you, you play, put me in goal if you want. <laughs> There we go. That's Alfie May uh, chatting with me after the game uh, on uh, Tuesday. Yeah, inter- uh, interesting to hear his uh, his views on on playing in the, in the slightly uh, different roles. Um, playing the, the ten role. I mean, someone someone asked in the chat earlier if, if, if we do that again on Saturday. I mean, he got two goals. I mean, can can we complain? Obviously, he moved about a bit in the second half, but that's uh, a conversation for another day because we need to start to turn our attention uh, to the home game with Blackpool uh, coming up uh, this Saturday. So I'm delighted to say we've got a guest uh, joining us. It's Tom Main from the It's Not Orange uh, pod. Tom, uh, thanks for joining us. How are you? Yeah, very well, thank you. Um, all good in myself. A bit annoyed about the football recently, but we move on. <laughs> yeah, well, it was a 3-1 home defeat um, against Derby County uh, in, in the week. I mean, I, I, we're going to ask you about how your season's gone shortly, but I, I guess it's nice to get a view from someone else who's... Uh, been on the Mickey Apples train. Um, obviously, uh, his previous job before coming to us was um, up at Bloomfield Road. What, what what can you tell us about his time with you guys? Because obviously, we've had Oxford fans on telling us he's, he's in the best thing since sliced bread. But I guess you had, had a slightly different situation with him. Yeah, I think the problem with Appleton is his time with us was tainted due to his history um, with with the other club down the road. And, and second to that, you know, he didn't really get on the first time around um, under bad ownership and he left us fairly swiftly. So the appointment itself, um, although apparently the best candidate at the time left Blackpool fans probably 70, 30, 80, 20 in the favour of him not wanting to be at the club. So every result where it didn't go his way, it was kind of, you know, um, emphasised that they didn't want him at the club and it just turned really bitter really quickly and almost from the start, the odd win here and there. And he tried to play some really good football. And don't get me wrong, there were some games where we had Burnley away 3-3, Bristol City at home 3-3. We beat QPR away for the first time in about 40 years. He did have some good performances, but at the same time, the football was just consistently quite poor. Um, He played Patino and Sonny Carey, both very young players, although talented as are two cents midfielders throughout the season every single game and they were just knackered being overrun and the championships as you know is an extremely hard league to get to get a hold of especially in the central of midfield so the club took ages to pot him fans didn't like him it just turned toxic really quickly but himself he tries to play good football um he's very stubborn in his ways i know once he wants to do things he will continue to do that but you know he did really well at Oxford and and we thought we might see signs of that and, and, and Exeter previously as well, as we all know. So um, I think he's a very decent League One manager, in my opinion. I mean, it's interesting hearing your thoughts. I mean, hopefully um, hopefully he has a bit more luck with, with us and hopefully you're a bit more annoyed about him uh, when it comes around to Saturday as well. Um, that would be that would be an ideal result. But this season so far, how how's it going for yourselves? Um, obviously, not not that far into it, but ten games is normally a bit of a marker for, for how your season is going to be. Yeah, if if the, if it's a marker, we're going to be where we are. I think um, it's somewhat disappointing. We've had a fairly good window. Um, we fought Critchley in his meticulous ways, um, as previously got us up in his first full season with us would be back. Um, we were fairly confident, had a good result initially, but then three games, <clears throat> three games at nil-nil um, where he, we just, 
I don't I don't understand what we were trying to do. We played five at the back um, against weaker opposition. Um, I don't take any team in League One for granted. I think on the whole, it's a very strong league. Um, there'll be there'll be some teams obviously which which pull away, but ultimately each team has got their their special players, and each game will be hard. So we played a very defensive game at home when we should have attacked teams, and we've ju- we've just not really had an identity. And Jordan Rhodes has brought an element to that, um, given that experience. But all in all, it's 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 been poor because the style of football. If we lost games two one and we really played well, and you know, fair enough, ten games in you're struggling, but we we haven't really gone out to attack anybody consistently. We haven't really given anyone a real fright, um, and we've respected teams way too much, which cost us early doors and cost us Tuesday night as well. Hiya, Tom. Yeah, I was going to say I think you've you've made some good additions in the summer. Um, CNO and Dale come back in and Jordan Rhodes, as you mentioned, but a player we're very familiar with, of course, is, is Albie Morgan. So he spent a long time with us coming mm-hmm. through the academy, um, played a lot of games for us before joining you guys in the summer. How's he settling in on the on the seaside with you guys? Uh, Albie Morgan. I think when I spoke to Charlton fans when he signed, he... It was it was very much probably 60-40 that you were happy he was gone, but some fans was like there isn't ultimately a really good player in there. And I see him somewhat of a luxury player. Um he hasn't done exactly what we expected of him immediately, but at the same time he hasn't been given a role particularly. He's been playing in a free midfield as a five three two, but we've often found him drifting really wide, which has left Norburn centrally, literally by himself in some games, and that's where we've been overrun. So there's been green shoots, as as it were, but ultimately his final pass, his final shot, his final decision-making isn't quite cutting it, which has left him out the side in recent weeks. I've seen parts of him where his press is brilliant. Um, I've seen parts of him where his, you know, his runs and his passes are excellent, but you can ultimately see why he probably wasn't a consistent outfit with you guys, or at least pulling up trees and fans were sad to see him go. So he might become a better player, but he is very much a squad player in my opinion. And I'd like to see him get better, but maybe it's part Critchley's fault because he hasn't given him a real role and identity within this team yet. Sounds like it's the same Albie Morgan that left us then. And you'll be speaking in exactly the same way in 140 games or however long it was with us. I mean, I I, I liked him and, and I felt there was something there that just didn't quite work. I mean, uh, just just very quickly then, just finally, um, Brazilians have said it. Why is Ekpiteta and Pennington not starting? I probably butchered that announcement, but... <laughs> done, be- done better than me. Um, Pennington's had a back <laughs> problem last two games. Um, I would be... Shocked if he didn't start Saturday, but also wouldn't be too shocked in the same way because Critchley kind of likes to do his own thing and he's been playing Connolly there. He came in for Pennington with his bad back and we beat Barnsley away and the defence was absolutely phenomenal. Um, can't say the same on Tuesday, but Pennington by, by far is our best defender. So if he's not starting Saturday, unless the back problem's even worse, then I don't know. And Marvs has been absolutely appalling in um Marvin Epiteta has been appalling in this system. He's been the central ball playing defender and he's probably taken about 16 years to decide where to pass it. Against Leighton Orient, he played nine or ten long balls and each one of those was because he didn't know where to pass it when he had the ball at centre-back. So he's been dropped. Came on against Barnsley, did a good job on on, um, on Cole, to be fair, stopped a, a dead cert goal. But Pennington will be starting, um, no doubt, with Casey and husband on, on Saturday. If not, it'll be the same back back three. Excellent. Well, Ekpateta sounds like exactly the sort of centre-half we'd be signing uh, in years gone by and, and, and well, arguably last season as well. Right, um, Tom, 
been a pleasure to have you on. Um, Lewis is going to be on your pod later on. So uh, if any Charlton fans want to check it out, uh, it's the It's Not Orange pod. Uh, we can get a Blackpool look ahead uh, to the game as well. Tom, thanks for your time and uh, we'll see you later. You're welcome. Cheers. There we go. That's Tom uh, from the It's Not Orange pod uh, joining us uh, on Charlton uh, live. Um, from an addict's point of view, um, so, I mean, again, is is a much further up in the chat now, so I can't remember who said it. Apologies. But the options up top, Joe, leave us with a bit of a headache in terms of, you know, does Alfie, I mean, d- does Chuck start again? Historically, doesn't tend to start any games, so two in a row might be a bit of a risk. Uh, Alfie in the 10, do we do that again? Did that work for us? Tedic playing out wide in the first half, did that work for us? I mean, we're coming off the back of a 4-1 win. When it's a 4-1 win, you don't tend to change much, but then Lieburn came on, played really well. There's, It's a headache for, for old Mickey Apples there, and, and as we say every week, it's a great headache to have. I think if Chuck starts on Saturday, I'll need some sort of tablet to keep my heart under control because I'll be nervous every time he runs. Um, but if he's fit enough to do that, then that's that's astounding. And whoever's achieved that deserves the biggest medal we can find. I'd probably expect that we'll find Lieburn starting and Chuck's coming off the bench. I, I know we played well overall and we won the game. But for me, I'd, I'm still minded that on the right, I'd like to see a winger come in for Tedich. Um, and if that means Tedich goes up front and Lee Burns on the bench, I'm not that upset about that either. I just think having a someone that's a bit more tricky in that position could be beneficial, especially if they play three at the back. Someone with a bit of pace, you know, challenging those channels is, is I think, more more what we need. And we've got both Chem and um, Tyrese, who are both, both very, very good wingers. So I'd like to see still the round pegs putting around holes but I don't think we're going to see wholesale changes to that team because you can't really justify uh, other than for fitness reasons or, you know, spotting a real tactical element that you want to get something else in there for. Um, I don't think you can necessarily just ring the wholesale changes. So that'd be it for me. Tedich will Lee burn up top and uh, Chem or Tyrese on the wing uh, and get yeah. Mika on the bench and protect him. Yeah, Luke saying I wouldn't mind Tedich up top. I've been quite impressed with him uh, so far. And uh, Brazilian saying I'd honestly try Campbell right side and Tedich centre forward. Yeah, I mean, Campbell not even starting Tuesday shows again depth because I, I really like Tyrese Campbell. He's quite, he, he weren't great against Shrewsbury, but then no one no one particularly was. We haven't really mentioned, obviously, the changing goalkeeper. Ash um, made some saves um, on Tuesday, a couple of good ones. Uh, poor old Harry Isid after finally sort of announcing his arrival at Charlton and being really pleased is actually out for six weeks with that knee injury from the, the long range effort. But I mean, we'll, we'll so that position picks itself. Is there any changes at the back? I mean, I'm not convinced we necessarily need to at this moment in time. I think, I think they've been solid enough. There's still you know room for improvement, but I'm not desperately calling for anyone to be dropped at this moment in time at the back, which maybe at other times this season I would have been, Lou. Yeah, I agree with you. I think, you know, whilst there was a a little lapse in in concentration on Tuesday, which led to that goal and getting caught out, I do think that the only way we're going to sort of stabilise that that defence is if we try and keep a consistent back line. And obviously, the left-back position is something where Terrell is going to play because we haven't got another option there. I think Tanai Watson's looked really good in that position since coming in. Um, Hopefully, he's he's okay to play sort of Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, because he's had a lot of injury issues himself and then that back pairing between um between Heck and Jones you know that needs to that needs to develop I've been really impressed with Jones so far and I think Hector has looked a little bit more um comfortable in the last couple of weeks um 
So we've got to keep, you know, stick with the partnership and let them sort of blossom together, really. So I wouldn't see any changes in the back line, I don't think. Mm. And Michael's asking if we get Chem Campbell into the starting eleven, but uh, probably not desperate to drop anyone in the midfield at the moment in time. But yeah, it's a, a, another good option off the bench. Right, we've run out of time uh, on Charlton Live, uh, the big match preview. It's absolutely flown by. Uh, it's great to be talking about a big win. You know, that, that lifted everyone's spirits and hopefully we can back it up. Um, you know, obviously we, we'll have to score at least four because Albie's getting a hat-trick on, on Saturday, as we all know. Um, but yeah, it should be a very interesting game uh, against Blackpool. Uh, this weekend yeah so thank you to everyone who joined us in the live chat it's been an absolute pleasure uh, as always thanks to all of our guests today and a big thank you to joe uh, and to lewis for your time this evening cheers lads yeah cheers lads let's see the rip roaring free scoring reds again yeah looking forward to seeing some of those free scoring reds on saturday don't forget to check out our merchandise store if you want one of these snazzy charlton live mugs uh, that you can see on my screen there charltonlive.etsy.com don't forget to subscribe uh, to our youtube channel at charlton live and wherever you get your pods as well never miss another episode uh, of charlton live right this has been charlton live uh, the big match preview sponsored by the british institute of kitchen a bedroom and bathroom installation i'm louis mendez we'll be back on sunday to look back at the game against Blackpool. We look forward to seeing you then. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.